Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is dedicated to my dear friend, Cade Harvey. May you rest in peace, brother. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. To another episode of Habs Nightly, folks. Uh, bit of tough news for me uh, earlier today uh, with the passing of one of my friends, but um, I don't really want to touch on it. Um, I just, you know, not in the best mood, but in a, in a mood enough to talk about the moves the Canadians have made. Um, and before we get into that, Mason, how are you, buddy? Doing pretty good. Uh, I've been, gyms have been closed, had been closed in Canada for a while, but they've been open for about a month or so. Nice. And I, I hadn't gotten back, but I got back today. First, first, well, not first day back, but going to be going every day or at least six days a week now. So the start of that, I'm expecting to wake up super sore tomorrow, but I'm pretty jacked up. I'm pretty pumped for that. So I'm in a pretty good mood. Well, fuck dude. Let's, uh. You want to just jump straight into the bullshit? The uh, the trade. Yeah, the one that we were just talking, <clears throat> you know, uh, just just one episode ago about how important it was to, to keep around Tyler Toffoli. Every, every player we <laughs> compliment on this gets fucking shafted. podcast gets shafted in some sort of way. And... Man, I think we are definitely in the minority on this, but at Habs Nightly, we don't shy away. We don't really care what the uh, general opinion is. Uh, I wasn't, I'm not a big fan of this trade. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think this was the right move to make. I don't think, uh, I don't think. You know, I said if we were moving him, it had to be a blockbuster type of trade or at least, you know, something that made it worth our while. And, yeah, the first overall is going to be what everyone goes to. Um, Sorry, first round. The first round. I'm sorry. 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 I'm already (laughs) like a couple of of drinks in. Um, Yeah, the first round pick is the eye turner. And instead of getting something good to go along with that, to make it, makes sense we got two warm bodies and a fifth round pick and uh mason said moments ago that this tyler pitlick kid was just literally a cap dump and kent hughes and jeff gordon have obviously seen something in the emil heineman kid that we haven't yet and i'm just going to continue on saying that i'm in full support of them until they uh, prove me wrong. And I'm just going to ride that train and believe in that there's something special about this guy that I don't know that much about. But um, 
Well, yeah. Um, I think when we say we're disappointed in the trade, I'm I'm not disappointed that the trade happened. Or I sorry, I, I'm not disappointed what we got. I'm disappointed that the trade happened. And mm-hmm. I think we we outlined kind of why that was last episode. We were talking about why in particular we wanted to fully, you know, there were a few guys I really thought about that should stay on the team. Tofoli was one of them. So I don't want to go over that too much again because we did just talk about it, yeah. but it had a lot to do with leadership. And I think a great quote um, about that came like kind of to demonstrate that uh, Tofoli was talking after the deal. He had a bunch of good quotes actually. Um, to reporters but one on cole caulfield he said that uh caulfield he texted caulfield and said look i might i might be getting dealt here and uh he said i can't remember how he phrased it. he said cold said i i don't want you to go and to fully said look i i think he, i understand the business of the league a little more than he does but i thought it was a great um what do you want to say? It was uh, fucking. Dad, it was fucking heartfelt. Like yeah, like to, yeah. like that. Like, why would a young kid, you know, who's got his entire career in front of him, care so much about you know an older vet if he wasn't like the super glue for these young kids? Well, yeah, and Marty St. Louis actually came out today and said that Toffoli was kind of the de facto captain of the team in the locker room uh and i just found the real quote uh from tyler to he said i was with cole last night i told him listen there's a good chance i'm going to be traded he told me he didn't want me to go but i don't think he understands the business as much as me so that was i think i sent that to Corey. did i send that to you and i was like heartbroken or or soul crushed or something i did see that but i don't i don't know if it was for that specific one i think it was I think it was in reference to him talking about the young players on this team because he had yeah. a quote where he was talking about how he was going to miss it and he he's really honored and he was he's going to cherish the time that he had here. And then someone asked him on the youth of the Montreal Canadiens and he just spoke on how special they were. And it's like, fuck, dude, are you serious? Like, I get it. You know, I get it. But look what he did. You know, his first game with Calgary, you put this dude anywhere, he's going to make the team fucking better. He could, he's like, you could put him in a, in a room full of fucking strangers and those strangers are going to turn around and work with him. Like, Hey, we got to get this project done. You don't know who the fuck I am. Um, but I've got so much fucking charisma and passion for it that you guys are just going to follow me after, you know, moments after meeting me. It's I'm upset. I, I'm not – I'm just upset that he's gone. I'm not upset that it happened because I understand that this shit's just going to keep happening to this team. And I've been preaching about uh, sticking sticking with it no matter who gets moved. Um, No, it's just tough. It's tough. Yeah, I see what you're saying too, right? Like, I don't think we're shitting on the fact – we'll talk about the return later, but mostly – we're just talking about what he brought to the locker room. And I thought he brought a lot. And I think it was um, demonstrated to us throughout this, this season and last in the playoffs that he meant a lot. And Suzuki also commented on it. And Jake Evans, actually, who uh, they were very close with, uh, spent the All-Star break together taught to fully said he was going to miss Evans. And actually, uh, in his thank you slash goodbye mm-hmm. To Montreal, he tagged him out. Tagged like, oh, fuck. simply, yeah, Jake Evans himself. Evans wasn't even in the photo and tagged him in it. So that was pretty, pretty heartfelt, uh, tough to see. But I do understand what happened. And Toffoli went on and said, Hughes and Gorton talked to him and he told them, I think this is what hurt the most. He told them, I don't please, like, I don't want to be traded. I want to stay here. But he then said, "If you, I won't be hurt if you guys do, because I understand the position of the team. But the fact that he told them, I want to yeah, stay he here. fucking loved it here. It's... And the, yeah, and his, his wife really embraced the city. Mm-hmm. We talked about it. So from an emotional uh, standpoint, from a fan's perspective, this has been one of the hardest trades I think I've he's, had to go through. In a very he's one of the time. most 
modern day professional athletes in of this sport um beloved to to go on like yeah one point whatever you you know like over one and a half years here um his skyrockets to like favorite have you know of the modern day um but like you know to to have so the heartbreak it's got to be for him but the professionalism that when he speaks to the media you know, he 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 goes immediately to thanking the city and he doesn't talk about the bad run or anything like that. He just talks about how how magical it was to be a part of this team and how much of an honor it was. And that every time him and his wife come to visit this, uh, you know, in away games and stuff like that, how special it'll be every time he gets here. And it's you, you know, you don't really see professionalism that like that anymore. Yet yeah, there's like there's people here and there and they, there are people in the league that are just like this but it's not every single one of them anymore. Um, and it just sucks to walk away from someone that has the professionalism that you want to see in a Hab sweater get moved, you know, to benefit the future of this team. It's just, it's, it's fucking tough. Everybody's upset. Um, I have now, a feeling though, like, uh-huh. sorry to cut you no, off, no, no, go ahead. but I don't think based on what he said and, what we've heard from him in the past. I don't think that this is the end of Tyler to Foley. No. I think at some point, whether that's in his playing career or his post career, or even, you know, not in a professional capacity, mm-hmm. I think to Foley will return at some yeah. point to Montreal. I don't think this is the end. Of the city Toffoli. and the people created such an impact for him. You know, I think he created a great impact for them. Mm-hmm. He was a free agent who chose Montreal and loved and embraced the city and wanted to be here. And let's let's clear that not a lot of players want to be in Montreal right now. And he right. wanted to be here. And that is something I have to say that is great about this Habs organization. There are a lot of guys reportedly really want to be here. So I love, I love to hear that. But moving forward and on to the return now before the return my mind my mind went when he talked about the youth and hearing about like what cole said and how it's affecting you know like the young kids it reminds me of patrick marlowe's year with um mitch marner and um jesus austin matthews like um i wouldn't say he's like as big of a dad as, as they were but they like looked up to him, learned a lot from him. Um, that's kind of where my mind went. But, yeah, let's talk about uh, the return. Yeah, so when it first came out that he was reportedly getting traded, there was it was said it was going to be a package with Sherratt. Now, that fell through apparently because of the injury, but Calgary is <clears> still <throat> circling around. Like it, Calgary could still land Ben Sherratt. So I'm happy that it wasn't combined <clears throat> because this this was not – Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think the the, the idea, too, was that uh, – how do you want to say – you can get more for Sherrod individually. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in saying that, moving forward to what they actually did get. Now, I was pretty ecstatic when I first saw that it was a first Tyler Pitlick, a fifth – and a prospect. Now, I think there's a lot of like that, that, what would you want to say? 10 minutes before we knew what was traded. I think there was a lot of speculation. Um, guys like Zary, Jacob Pelletier, uh, I think those were the two main. There were some people who were aiming a little higher, Dustin Wolf. Mm-hmm. I don't think you were going to get any of those guys. Zary and Pellet, uh, Jacob Pelletier were both um, near the bottom of the first round, like in the mid twenties kind of area. So it makes sense, right. Um, That they could have been included. The Habs got Emil Heineman, who I'll be honest, I'd never heard of um, prior to this trade. So I was initially devastated, like pretty, pretty upset. And then I found out, so he was drafted 2020, two years ago. 43rd overall. So a very early second round pick uh, got traded from Florida 
in the Sam Bennett trade. Hmm. And I watched some highlights and what really stuck out to me was one, this kid can shoot. He's got a hell of a wrister and two, and most importantly, he can fucking fly. He's fast. And he's leading all under 19 or under 20 borns in the Swedish elite league this year in points. So he's doing well. Okay. But I, so I was feeling better about this deal. Uh, and I was thinking, okay, you know, maybe this is actually good, a good return. But I don't know. I watching more of his footage and then reading analysis from Scott Wheeler and Corey Pronman of the Athletic. Craig Button had some stuff to talk about too. I just think that I don't know. I'm a little underwhelmed, to be honest with you. I think if you if you were trading to Foley, I think we got a good package for him. I don't think we got what we could have. I think Calgary wins this deal. I don't think Heineman is a guarantee mm-hmm. to make the NHL. I think he has the tools, but I don't know if he has the package to put them together. And I'll be honest, it can't you can call it, you know, kind of circumstantial. He's only 20 years old. I find it very nerve-wracking that a player has been traded twice at the age of 20. That scares me a little bit because it tells me Florida saw him as an asset they can move on from, and so did Calgary. So to me, there's some red flags there, and I heard that Montreal was really in on him. Uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes wanted him badly and they, they went out of their way to tell him that they wanted him. So I have a little more faith, but I look at what, uh, has done in the AHL. He has 37 points in 38 games. I understand he would have been maybe a little harder to get. You might not have gotten that fifth, but I really do believe that, uh, and Connor Zary they're just I don't think the ask would have been that much more to be honest I don't think you would have had to sacrifice that much more and I think they're a lot more sure things they're both in the AHL this season they're both talented they're both I don't know what do you want how would I phrase this Corey they're both more complete prospects I guess I think they have a more NHL uh, a clear path to the NHL than Heineman. So I'm a little, I'll be honest, I'm a little, a little nervous. Nothing yeah. shook me more yeah. than uh, I don't know which guy had written it, but you had posted it on Twitter. Um, and he put, <laughs> and now this is just me kind of quoting it, but it was like uh, his lacklusterness to find offense in his game or something like that. And uh, that's fucking I have, scary. <laughs> I have the quote here if you want me to read it. Yeah, go ahead. Because uh, I was like, <laughs> oh, well, fuck, that's that's great. Um, from Corey Pronman of The Athletic, Emil Heineman was dealt last season in the Sam Bennett trade to Calgary from Florida. He's a strong skater who can make some plays and can shoot the puck. He doesn't have that much offensive skill, though, and his compete level can be in and out as he can play too much on the perimeter at times. He has a chance to make it due to the tool kit he has, but he's not a sure thing, and I wouldn't characterize him as a top prospect now in the HAB system. And that concerns me. <laughs> uh, yeah. sh- fucking shit myself just about when I read that. So I was like, okay, you know, we haven't talked about Tyler Pitt like yet. But I know that, that that he ain't doing that much. So I'm like, okay, well, then the real winner for us is the first overall, the fifth, and this, you know, this upcoming kid. And and then Mason goes and posts this, and I'm like, well, fuck, we're down to a first and a fifth. That I don't I don't know if I'm if I'm saying that that's a that's an even trade anymore. It's just fucking cap dumping a a kid that two teams have not really, you know, had faith in. Yeah, and I'm not dismissing him as a prospect. I understand. No, I, I think everyone deserves a chance. Um, <clears throat> and maybe, I mean, fuck, we're talking about the guy who found Adam Fox, you know. Um, so 
Adam Fox found him to be. Adam, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, like everybody pump the fucking brake. Everybody <laughs> calm down, listen. Um, but what I mean is, this guy has an has an eye for talent. The new GM is a fucking credited, you know, fucking agent. I'm sure they see something that the keyboard cowboy doesn't, you know. So, but when I read something like that, it is a little fucking nerve wracking after losing. You know, a beloved fucking Habs figure. Yeah, I just think that Emil Heineman for me. Now, I'm not a pro scout, right? I'm a podcaster who's very <laughs> interested in hockey, but I do think I, I have I, I do take a lot of interest in scouting. I watch as many OHL. THL games as I can and it is probably the aspect of hockey I take the most pride in I don't see anything that special I think he has elite skating possibly if you want to go that far as some people do I would say he's very good a very good skater some call it elite say what you want and I think he's got a phenomenal shot in stride but I don't from I've watched. Okay. I'll be honest. I've watched about 40 minutes of tape on him. I need to do more research, mm. but I don't see the hockey IQ and I don't see the elite upside that you would expect in the return. I think he is going to be a third liner at his ceiling and a very, maybe a very good third liner at that, but I don't think he's a guarantee. And I think when you're trading, for prospects, I think you need to trade for – I think it's more important to trade for someone that you know is going to play games for you. Because a great way – I think people focus too much on point totals and what you know what they can do for a se- season or whatever. At the end of the day, if you, a team can get games played out of a player, they've done well in the trade. And I don't know if Emil Heineman will ever play a game for Montreal. <laughs> well, look, so Kent Hughes had – not huge. Kent Hughes had, had a press conference. Our buddy uh, Blake Blaine Potvin of the Hockey Riders, also co-host of Habs Unfiltered, kind of broke it down on Twitter. Um, and the key points that he has written is that uh, the target on Heineman was due to the fact that he has two years of development uh, speed and aggressiveness and his high hockey IQ. Um, you know, maybe maybe they're not looking strictly at his offensive side. Maybe they're, you know, the fact that maybe we can have someone, I'm not going to call him a Lekkonen, but someone, you know, who isn't on the ice just for offensiveness. You know, maybe we're just trying to lock, corral things up a bit. Um, I think this kid could play because you got, we have got to, move on from uh, Perot and Paquette. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe we're going to make some huge changes. Um, and this kid is just someone that holds a place until uh, a more developed in-house guy can come up. But uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see that this year. But that's just on what um, – that was just on what Ken, Kent Hughes had – to say about him, their decision, well, their targetedness on Heineman. So I think the Lekkonen comparisons, I understand why people make them, but I hesitate with those because of a few reasons. And one mainly being that he does not have anywhere near the level of defensive impact that Lekkonen does. Okay. Maybe. I say, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, sorry. I just say that because Lekkinen, Lekkinen is an elite, like one of the best defensive forwards in the NHL. And I think if you're expecting that from Heineman, you're going to be severely disappointed. And I also believe that I've been criticizing Heineman. I'm going to um, give him some compliment. I think he's got a lot more offensive upside than Lekkinen does. Mm-hmm. So I get why people make the comparison, but I don't think it's 
<coughs> the the best the best comparison. Maybe, maybe like uh, Michael Pozzetta. Just I don't I don't say this kid chucking it and shit, but just just a body out there that is going to play a, a more defensive, a more uh, agitating type of game. Where, but I mean, Michael Pozzetta has had a, a really phenomenal year with us. Maybe that's a closer resemblance, you know, a, a little bit of offense, um, but a lot more of uh, just just a good grinding style. Um, and then with a kid who's been moved a lot, if he gets his chance, you know, hopefully he comes out there and, and he does like Michael Pozzetta and really elevates his game to a point where he's he's noticed not by just his flashiness, but by his want, you know, to be out there. So he's out there playing harder, a lot more aggressive, uh, the motivation to, to stay on a team, to get brought up, you know, maybe yeah, that's a better I, comparison. I don't, I just, I think the issue is that I don't, don't I compare. see, <laughs> I see Heineman being referred to as a B prospect. Mm-hmm. And I think that is semi-accurate. If you're saying Pelletier and Zeri are A prospects, that's correct. But I think an A prospect to me is a guaranteed impact NHLer, and Pelletier and Zeri aren't, okay? I think they're both B prospects. And I think Heinemann is a grade below them. I think he's a C-plus C prospect. I think your A, your A guys are Caulfield. Caulfield was an A-plus prospect. Mm-hmm. Caulfield's going to be in the NHL. He's going to make an impact. There aren't a lot of A-level prospects in the NHL, and that's not what I'm expecting for Toffoli. I am expecting a B prospect, and that's my issue, is that I don't think we got one. I don't think we got a guy. A B prospect for me is a guy who's most likely going to play in the NHL, probably on your third line, could become a second liner. Now, your second line guys can sometimes play in your first. Let's be honest, Toffoli's not a first line player. He's a second line guy. Most, there aren't a lot of first line players in the NHL. And I think this is an issue when people overvalue players because of where they play or because they're on their team. First line guys are rare. And that's not what I'm expecting for Toffoli. I'm expecting someone who, though, who can play games for this organization and who is going to not just be kind of magic beans. Mm -hmm. And I think that's my issue with this is that I think the pack, it's not a, it's not a horrible deal. I just don't like the, we got magic beans for Tyler to fully when we had him locked up to a reasonable contract and he provided a lot of intangibles. Very, very, uh, Fast forwarded. Uh, I don't know the correct term I should use, but if we were to move him, I think it should have been with the final year of his deal or something along those lines or, or, or re-sign him. I don't I think this was a little rushed. That's what I was Jesus, how could I not think of rushed? I think this was just a bit rushed. Uh, but hey, you know, it's been dealt, it's out of our hands. Yes, we're playing with a little bit of magic. You know, wondering it's a flip of a coin with these guys, um, but with this one guy. Um, and we'll, we just have to see where it plays, you know. The fact that he's been traded twice, hey, maybe if he doesn't pan out, he, he could be he could be traded a fourth time. So maybe, maybe there's some interest in that. It'll just be – no, I can't even say that. I was going to say Alex Galchenyuk, but you'd be upset because uh, he was an A. <laughs> He was a list guy, but uh, he just circled around the earth a bunch of times. That's why I thought of him. I guess Tyler Pitlick's up next. I yeah, I don't know what to really. Tyler Pitlick is Tyler Pitlick's on. the the I think the worst of this move. Unfortunately, well, Montreal uh, Montreal's is six teams since two thousand fifteen, mm-hmm. or sorry, since two thousand seventeen. Yeah. I, I, Tyler Pitlick isn't bad, to be honest. I don't care. I think it's hilarious. We have all the Pitlicks now. Uh, I, it's a, I understand why, because they needed flexibility with the cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pitlick might probably not, might not even play. 
Okay, like he might not play a single game for Montreal this year. It needed to happen. I'm I'm okay with that. Like it is what it is. I don't think I think you're gonna see a lot of guys like Tyler Pitlick on the Montreal Canadiens as this year and next year progress. Right. Yeah, it's uh real tough. This this very injury prone type of guy uh, is. Jesus, uh, his his best year was uh, 2017, 2018. At 26 years old, he played 80 games, 14, 14 goals for 27 assists, and uh, 27 I mean, points. Yeah, 27 points. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, but I mean, a- after that season, uh, a year in Dallas, 47 games injured. A uh, year in Philly, 63 games injured. 20. 20- was he in? Was sorry? Was he injured or was he scratched? Could be, you know what? I'm sorry. 2020, that was probably the full season. <laughs> uh, 2021, yeah, probably scratched. I, I I know he's he's had a couple of injuries, but uh, I'm sure scratches up there too. Uh, Arizona Coyotes, which you would think um, he would have got a lot of play time. Only 38 games uh, last season, and so far this year, 25 games. He's had two assists for two points. Um, his last five games have been uh, with the shy Chicago one, a, a negative a negative game on the plus minus, even though we don't really care too much about that. But uh, he's not on the ice for any any positivity, any positivity in, in, in the lateness of it. Uh, I don't know what else to say about Tyler Pitlick. I don't uh, think – oh, shit, sorry, yawning. I don't think there's yeah, that, much that's a, that's that. a yawn. This is a – it's Tyler Pitlick. Yeah, I, mean, I don't it's think it's a body. Like, I'm sure it'll be good for. He's better know. than me, but as far as uh, bringing something to this team, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be cool for Rem to play with his cousin. Yeah, that's pretty sick. But yeah, no, I I don't really see much to it. Um, this will be hopefully another person that we can push together with a bigger person to get a bigger return for something, you know? So uh, I really don't have anything else to say about Tyler Pitlick. No, I, I hope he, I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he proves me wrong and he gets a chance. That's awesome. I was like that with uh, Eric Stahl, but Eric Stahl had a fucking career. I just thought it was, he was just kind of, you know, it was, it was at the ass end of it. Um, yeah. I, I think, don't know uh, about this. I think we can move on to some trade speculation uh, just quickly to wrap things up here. But first, uh, I think we're going to have a message from our from our friends at DraftKings. We sure do. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the leg, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $100. And $50 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So you guys remember, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1.00 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Always void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN red line. That's 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. And in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE. NY, that's four six seven three six nine. Damn, she fine. Uh, 
and yeah let's uh let's continue the show bud yes sir um geez where do we even start the the rumors have been circling around every player in montreal but the big names we've heard are ben charot arturi lekkanen jeff petrie and uh brett kulak actually i've heard uh rumors that they're two the four big ones people are circling around um New York Rangers, a big name. St. Louis Blues, big on Ben Sherrod as well. Boston, I've heard that Calgary's involved in Ben Sherrod still. Dallas. Dallas is in on Petrie and maybe others. Uh, Colorado, another team interested. Uh, from what I've heard, though, basically every team has called about some player on the Hab. They're all looking, any team that's in it. And Montreal has kind of assemble the list of players they want to trade uh not that they they need to trade but who they'll, they'll they're interested in getting rid of mike hoffman's on that list ben Chirot. i think lekkanen might be i'm not sure i'm unfortunate i think that's unfortunate i think montreal could get a lot for him so i think it depends on the deal personally mm-hmm. i'd like to see him stay but if you can get like coleman type return for him you have to trade him i think that's just a reality of the situation but uh, two guys, and I think one of them will surprise you, on Montreal's kind of don't even, not really looking to trade, will listen, but not looking to trade list is Brendan Gallagher and Josh Anderson. Okay. So I can't remember. I think it was Pierre Lebrun reported that. Uh, Gallagher makes sense. But I think Josh Anderson, that's in response to two things. One, Tyler Toffoli, let's get this out of the way. Tyler Toffoli is a better player than Josh Anderson. Mm-hmm. But let's not kid ourselves. Josh Anderson's a harder archetype to find. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of power forwards out there. And two, you lose Tyler Toffoli, a big presence in the locker room who loves playing in Montreal. You got to keep some. And I think Galley and Anderson are the two guys that they want to keep. Honestly, I'm not opposed to it. And I think, too, their contracts would make them harder to move. You'd have to take something back, and you'd be underselling what for what their value is, especially since not both, neither of them have performed uh, to their standards. We'll talk about Gallagher later. But, yeah, I think – I don't know. I wonder what you, how you feel about that, but I think I kind of agree. Like, you have to listen. If someone offers you something that just blows you away, you have to take it. But – you know, you're not really looking to sell those guys, and I can see why. I think Gallagher um, – <clears throat> I think if there was to be a move to be made for Gallagher, it was when we were in the resign phase for him. Um, obviously, that was a different GM ago and just basically a different organization ago. Um, <clears throat> I feel like now with uh, Tyler Toffoli gone, Gallagher back in the lineup, this is uh, this is Gallagher's team right now, and um, I think they they see. I mean, it's it's you can't. Hmm, how do I put it? It's just like the way you watch Gallagher play, you understand why he's such a pivotal role for this team. Um, I mean, yeah, he gets hurt often, but it's the type of play that he. It's a type of way he plays that makes him so beneficial uh, for this team. And then just what he brings with his, his character and his professionalism um, on and off the ice for the specific team itself. I think it's a, I think it's a good person to keep around. Uh, definitely the next captain of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and then to touch on Josh Anderson, um, I feel the same way. It's 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 a tougher archetype to find, and um, yeah, he's he wasn't as good as Tyler Toffoli, but I think that it's a right decision to keep him around now that we've lost Toffoli. Um, I don't want to say that it's the same situation, but it's like losing Dano because you wanted you know we our thoughts were because we were giving a bigger role <clears throat> to KK and then KK ends up walking anyway. Um, I know that these guys are not the same role for the team, 
but why are we going to walk away from our two most energetic watched players last year other than uh, Nick Suzuki? I think uh, I think this is a right move. We need someone who's very fast and is very hard to knock off the puck. Um, I think that both of their play styles are are going to be very pivotal into this uh, this new group, and I think it's the right call. Um, kind of scares me that those are the only two that we've heard so far that are on the no list. Just I would like to think people like uh, Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield and oh, Jake well, Evans. Obviously, I know that those those have their own asterisks involved as well. Um, I think any GM calling Ken Hughes and asking for Nick Suzuki or Cole <laughs> Caulfield is just going to hear static on that phone line. Yeah. Um, and Romanov. Romanov, yeah, way, sorry. Who yeah. Is Romanov, who's been just a sixth, delight. Sixth in the NHL in hits right now. The kid's amazing. Amazing. Um, he doesn't watch anything but hockey. Let that be known. He's Russian. Uh, I, I love that take from uh, from the Super Bowl. Couldn't give oh. two fucks. Couldn't give two fucks. Like, he's walking away, and they're still like, just pick a name. He's like, fuck, uh, Bengals, I guess. Like, he had to ask. Please leave me alone. Yeah, he's like, he had to know. ask. He was, I thought it was fine. I'm Russian. He was, clearly, <laughs> he was joking around a little bit, too. I'm, I'm Russian. I don't know. I love that, you know. He's got his mind <clears throat> on what he thinks matters, and that's his game and, you know, his life. Love that. Love that so much. Yeah, but uh, just bef- kind of reeling it back to – uh, trades. Uh, uh, really interested in seeing who are, who goes after Ben Chirot. We heard a couple days ago that in the next seven to 10 days. So I guess that'd be five to eight days now um, that ben, a Ben Chirot deal could be getting done here pretty quickly. Montreal is just going to take the best offer. They don't want him to get injured and lose out, which I agree with. They're going to start making deals sooner than later. Uh, so that's exciting. We could see potentially more draft picks coming our way um also in some prospect real prospects new york especially vitaly kraftstov is uh definitely a guy who's available a guy that jeff gordon and it's especially knows pretty well so that would be interesting to see i think he drafted eighth overall in i can't remember what year Corey. i'm drawing a blank let me look it up I'm not going to be much help Sorry, on that one. Drafted ninth, <laughs> drafted ninth overall, 2018. Currently has 13 points in 19 games in the KHL right now. I think he just needs a fresh start. Six foot three, right winger, scores goals. Be great to have on Montreal in the prospect pool. So that's interesting. Uh, St. Louis also apparently heavily interested in Benchurat. But moving uh, past that, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon both said that there was going to be a captain for this team next season. You and I both said Toffoli was a big possibility. Now that's gone. And I know a lot of people are going to be rooting for Nick Suzuki. But, and I think Suzuki would be a great choice. He's going to be the face of your franchise. However, I still think Brendan Gallagher deserves the seat not just for who he is, the personality we've been saying. I think we said it for a while. Even when Weber got it, people said it should have been Galley. I, I look at his stats and, you know, to, this season is disappointing, but Gallagher can still play hockey. And I really do think next season is going to be a redemption tour for him. Um, I did some, you know, some math before this. I actually have notes for once. And last season, um, I think a lot of people, Gallagher got a lot of hate in the playoffs. He wasn't great at all. Six points, 22 games, but even in the regular season, 14 goals, nine assists, 23 points in 35 games. And yeah, I'll agree. That's kind of underwhelming, but when you prorate that for an 80, 82 game season, you get 38 goals, 25 assists for a career best, 62 points. Uh, the season before that he had 22 goals, 21 assists, 43 points in 59 games. And if you prorate that to an 80 game season, he would have had, um, let's see, he would have had 31 goals, 29 assists for 60 points. 
Gallagher has been so consistent. The year before, uh, those two years, he had 52 points, 33 goals. The year before, 54 points, 31 goals. I think in a way, Gallagher has been one of our more consistent forwards um, the last half a decade. Maybe actually the last decade in general, he scores goals. And I don't think we should punish him too horribly for, you know, playing poorly while being injured and while losing his two mm-hmm. line mates, the greater past the, the greater uh, part of three years. So I don't know how, what your take is on that, but I'll be honest after doing the research, after kind of taking the time to consider it with Foley's departure, I think Brendan Gallagher is the guy that you have to make the captain of this team going forward for next season. He was my, he was my one of two choices uh, while Toffoli was still here. Um, We've touched on on Nick Suzuki. His time will come. Um, I don't think any of the youthful guys, any of the young talents, I don't want to say deserve to see, too early for him. Too early for him. I don't want to see them um, get carried away in trying to honor and and do right by having the captaincy. I don't want them to get it into their mind other than developing their game further. Brendan Gallagher's past that point. We know what to expect of Brendan Gallagher. He's already a very vocal leader in the room. He plays for the crest. I don't think there's a better suited player on this team now that deserves it. We've we've talked about Brendan Gallagher and, you know, his deservance of it previously. Now, I, there's no forerunner ahead of him. I think it's Brendan Gallagher's um, – to lose almost if he doesn't get it, I, I would be truly shocked. I don't see anyone else on this team right now that could do right. Nah, I don't want to say that. I don't think there's anybody on this team right now that could honor it and do the best of what we can expect of this team for the next couple of years. I think he's the perfect candidate. Um, I'm just going to keep fumbling my fucking words. If, if I try to, Continue on that. Brendan Gallagher is my choice. I don't have a, another option. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I've been definitely disappointed with Brendan Gallagher contract and um, kind of just his play in general lately. I thought ben, we kind of seen the decline. His body had finally taken a toll. Mm-hmm. But doing the, the numbers and actually looking at what his stats are, when you prorate them to an, a full NHL season in the past two years, he's actually gotten better. Those are two career best years back-to-back for him. 38 goals is nothing, nothing to sneeze at. And yes, he's had a horrible year, but who hasn't on the Montreal Canadiens? Realistically, who hasn't played horribly? So I'm re- I really am of the opinion that Brendan Gallagher is still Brendan Gallagher. And going forward and going into next season, I think he's going to be out to prove that he's still capable of scoring 30 goals, 25, 20-plus goals. And if he's not wearing the C next season, I would be pretty disappointed because I think this is this is a guy you have to give it to. I think he deserves it. Even though Nick Suzuki's the face of your franchise, he might not be come, you know, June when we if we draft Shane Wright. So... I think Brendan Gallagher's the guy, even if he's a placeholder for a couple seasons. I think he's earned it. I think he's paid his due. He's the longest tenured Montreal Canadian other than Carey Price. And let's be honest, it's not looking good for Carey Price. So a decade and a half's uniform, I think it's time. <laughs> you know, I think he's earned earned that C. And I I think we've earned I think fans would be happy to see him wearing it and representing the Blue Blanquet Rouge. Yeah, I've, I've had a Brennan Gallagher jersey since his second season. I've, uh, I'm just happy he's still a part of this team. I think he's the most deserving of it right now, and I don't see a better person uh, to be honored to, to carry that weight. I think he's someone very capable and mentally strong enough um, to have it. So. Yeah, for sure. Um I think that unless you have anything else to add, I think that'll probably do it today. We usually like to keep the 
Thursday episodes a little shorter mm-hmm. and we've gone on long, gone on for a while here. So unless you have anything else to add. Good luck to women's US team tonight <laughs> on their uh on their way for a possible gold or silver. Uh as we're recording this, Finland just silver. won the bronze medal. And uh looking for the women for US to uh take home a, a solid victory today. <laughs> I gotta say, I feel as if I jinxed the men's team. Oh yeah, let let uh, as I'm looking at it, our DMs right now. Let's scroll it and let's see what you said. Uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, Canada. Did the Miracle on Ice team also get knocked out by Slovakia? <laughs> which I repeated, still beat Canada. LOL. Followed by a day later. <laughs> And now I have to swallow my words because we just lost to Swiss. So we, it comes actually, full circle, folks. <laughs> we lost to Sweden. I thought it was Swiss. We oh, lost okay. Sweden, okay. But... Yeah. yeah. Two losses for men's. Look at that. That what an upset, hey? Woo! Yeah. But blanked. Yeah, I thought I was being. I thought it was pretty fucking funny. Yeah, you were calling. You were calling the men the the miracle on ice rebirth. They lost to Slovakia. I texted oh, him for context. I texted Corey at two in the morning, my time, <laughs> and he responded at three a.m. his time. So I don't know what the fuck we were both doing up. Yeah, and yeah. I was probably having a breathing treatment. But yeah, dude. Uh, good luck to both teams tonight. Um. I'm not going to jinx my team, but uh, I think it's going to be a hard-fought game, and I'm going to try my damnedest to watch it. Um, but, yeah, I think that's I think that's it. If you don't have anything else to say, I'll wrap us up. Jeez, uh, I think that'll be it. I don't know if I'll be up for the game, but I'll be rooting on the Canadian women, hoping Marie-Philippe Poulain gets shit done like she always fucking does for Team <laughs> Canada. So go Canada, go Canadian women, and uh, thank you guys for stopping by and listening. Absolutely, folks. You know where to find us on Twitter. That's at Habs Nightly and myself at Bayou Benders. We hope you guys enjoyed the episode and enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to you guys later. This has been Habs Nightly. Y'all have a great time watching that. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.